Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rent, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we are developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. Last week we talked about standings. We checked in, and I dropped the ball. I did not make you pick some sort of postseason ranking. And so I'm actually going to oh, say true. pick final four teams here, ALCS and LCS, because I don't want to deal with early rounds of the playoffs. So I'm telling you who are the, asking you who are the final four. I'm going to spot oh. you, my guys, my teams, and see what you think here. So I think it's, what do you mean spot? You? I'm going to tell you who my guys are before I make you go. Oh, who my okay. teams are. So I'm going to do Dodgers. Atlanta on the National League side, pretty boring, and Houston and Yankees. The, the only only the only omission here is the Mets, right? Is in terms of like expected teams. I mean, I think that that's where I would go. I think that's where I would go. Right? You have the two teams that won last year mm-hmm. who are looking pretty good. I mean, I, it's funny the team that lost the World Series. It, it lately it's been the team that loses the World Series has a harder time getting back, but. I guess that's not entirely true, but um, I historically in my yes. lifetime I felt I felt that way. But they're looking good right now. I it's I mean so they are and the Yankees. I mean the the only one that I would just like do I want to get fancy with saying not the Yankees. That I think that is the question. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it open for you. It's not an AL Central team. Come on. The question is the Guardians aren't gonna do it. I mean the question is can one of the other AL East teams dethrone them? Not Boston. Boston is done. Yep. Boston's Boston towel has done. been thrown in. They've thrown it in. A story might actually be playing, though. Well, he, he is playing. Well, might actually be playing a meaningful amount of the rest of the season. He played eight, he played eight game, two games. How many is it? I have no idea, but I don't really... It doesn't mean that he's just made a glass. <laughs> I mean, I, can I just... It's really... Infor- is this like a split ticket kind of... Not a split ticket, but like splitting the... Uh, independence and, and, <laughs> yeah uh, the ross perot kind of thing of i want to say one of toronto or baltimore yeah exactly but be, but it's this is this is baltimore is just taking so much of the ross perot kind of share of my vote in my head that it just i can't quite get there it, i mean it's a bummer because these are the boring teams to pick like i, I want to go out there and pick somebody else i and i agree that the either the, the jays or the orioles are the right team I just can't do it. I just don't see I just don't see it not being the Yankees in Houston at the end. Short of Aaron Judge getting injured, which we'll talk about in a split second. <laughs> not his injury, but the fact that he's still on top. <laughs> it's scary for them, actually, quite frankly. Yeah, I mean you want to give me I'll take the field. Okay, you take the field against you, that. You toss me you toss me one of those as a push and I'll take the field. Which one do you want to leave as a push and then I will take everybody? Well, the, the push is the Yankees. Field. So you're going to push the... Okay. Fantasy leaders. Aaron Judge, 13 weeks. Justin Verlander, four weeks. But left his last start with calf discomfort, so there's some room for somebody to pass him if he misses a start. Yeah. Well, Otherwise, again, these things are going to stay... Fi- they're probably fixed, barring injury at this point. Again, as we've said before. Yeah, this seems like this is this is going to continue. But, man, Aaron Judge. 
All right, uh, TGFBI, 358 for me, 259 for you. I Oof. think we're both at plateaus. No, no, no. Well, I took it to step back this week. I had a bad. Not week a huge, on. not a huge step back. I mean, I know, I know, I know, I know it. But I took a step back from my my highs of last week. So yeah. I think that this is not my plateau. But yes, we are in the we are in the realm. If I am able to get the realm, if I am able to get above two hundred, I will be surprised. But I have a fighting chance for it. Do you have a fighting chance to get? Into the two, into the two hundred. I think so. Uh, I think so. I stay the course on on most of my guys. Trevor Story being back, if he actually plays meaningful uh, innings, is is hugely helpful. Moved a couple of things around. Um, I, I think I've got a path. I mean, I've been below three fifty a few times, so I would say that, um, especially as other other fantasy seasons wind up, it's gonna people are gonna be even less paying even less attention to this. So I think I can squeeze out a few places. Hey, there's a new fantasy show. Did you hear about this? Andor? <laughs> uh, Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power? <laughs> Is it back? No. Yes! Here we go. HUD. 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 Are, so are we skipping the T? We're just skipping the T. Yeah. All right. We, House of the Dragon? I mean, this is kind of fun because I actually don't remember where things are going. You know, if you were to ask me, like, who, who's, who's on the throne next? I'd be like... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. There's an Aegon in there. I don't somewhere. know. Yeah. I, how many? I don't know. So we're a good number of generations away from a song by way off. Well, that that intro. I really wanted to get yeah. into that. The the intro when it like did the the little words and then it said and then it took away all the words. It's like 172 years before Daenerys. Yeah. And it, it could there be a more this moment kind of thing than like we gave you a really short synopsis. It was two sentences long, but here's a TLDR just in case you thought that was too many words to read. That's right. This is, it's it's <laughs> it's for our uh, phone-addled attention spans, like just in case. So we're enjoying House of the Dragon. I think we can definitively say that we are enjoying this show. And my key question to you, I mean, look, still a little bit of incomplete because they've the world is obviously expanding still. Uh, it, I I mean, isn't this isn't this is a multi season show, right? Ten episodes, multi season. I mean, yeah. Well, so it's it's gonna be it's gonna be wait. I, I, George in the interviews thinks it's gonna go for a long time. What? He thinks it's gonna go for. a But long you know time. what the story is. All right, whatever. I know. Okay. Anyway, but you have 172 years to play with here. I mean, if if they're gonna go all the way, sure, that is interesting. <laughs> you know, like. I mean, look, they've they've already played with the ages of the people as much as they can. Uh, and <sighs> let's see how much that. further they can go, I guess. Well, I guess, so I'm looking ahead to one thing, which is next week we're going to have five episode, uh, three episodes of TV to discuss. One more episode of this and two episodes of Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. Oh, two? And oh, geez. Yeah, we got a lot to, what? we have a lot on our plates. I mean, this is a busy time. What are we going to do? Yeah, Thursday, apparently, 6 p.m. Eastern, two episodes. This is also hard to get. This is a hard time to have multiple storylines that we're going to have in somewhat similar worlds. Yes. No, it's going to be. And like one of my notes here is that uh, it's not new. This isn't a new observation. But the names of the Targaryens are freaking difficult. And they double up in just crazy places. Just completely unexpected. And then they're not. And then Emma. Yeah, and then there's Emma. You know, and you're like, okay, I, hi. It. 
Is that going to be a new spelling of Emma? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's all they've got is this the spelling change. Um, yeah, I just just a lot of interesting stuff basically. Uh, but I'm really excited. I I'm I can't help but wonder how this is going to go head to head with Lord of the Rings. And I'm worried that I've been a little bit blown out by this Game of Thrones style of television, and I won't appreciate the more classical cinematic. Tolkien universe as much. I'm just a different person than I was when the Lord of the Rings movies came out. <laughs> yeah, but this it's not the this is not Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings. So we I think it's going to be close my prediction is that it's going to be closer to Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings than Game of Game Thrones. Game of Thrones is. Yeah. House of the Dragon is going to yes. be too. Yeah. Right, cuz there's more so much more palace intrigue. There's never palace intrigue in um in no Lord of the right Rings. that does he's like very few storylines are palace intrigue the the one person that there is palace intrigue about is Galadriel so there's got to be some palace intrigue there okay all right so you're you're on the record I think I think no palace intrigue I think purely I think purely high fantasy good versus evil and that's I mean the difference between I think if you could boil down the difference between Tolkien and Martin into you know one sentence it's it's that it's that Tolkien is straight up good versus evil. Martin is everything is shades of gray. But we're going into the era when it's not as directly good versus evil because the the Noldor, the Noldor killed other elves. Oh yeah, in heaven. Oh yeah, no no we we're not far enough back for that. I think it's still good and evil. We're not far enough back. Yeah. Well. We're only in the, the best second good age. right now. Yeah. We're only in okay, the second fine. age. This isn't first It's decided age. then. Sure. It's completely decided at that point. What's good versus what's good, what's bad. I mean. Corruption. Soren's already bad at this point. He's already a bad guy. He's a very bad guy, but he looks fair. Feels fouler. <laughs> He's a bad dude. He's a bad dude at this hey, point. Hey, Galadriel has, a, has a, a brother who has the AE. Yeah, that's right. Going on, just like a Targaryen. Well, welcome back to Stats 101. We're on lesson three here, and this is Introduction to Inferential Statistics, but Gaussian Modeling this week. And this is a fundamentally different class of modeling from what we talked about last week, which was linear modeling. Uh, broadly, we're talking about matching some observed data set to a theoretical distribution. So last week, you know, lines aren't exactly theoretical distributions, but this week no. we're talking more about... Uh, real ones that are continuous and defined on some interval. And frankly, we're just going to discuss my favorite, uh, which is, I'm going to assert the only one that most people need to know, uh, the normal slash Gaussian distribution. Yeah, of course. And question... I mean, I think of it as a normal distribution. Uh, okay, my yeah, first question yeah, flagged up for you here. What term should we use? I will try to use it's it. All, it's, it's so funny because it's like you always say Gaussian yeah. and I always like... Oh, that's some magical thing that I don't know about. And then it's like, oh yeah, he's just talking about normal. Okay, let's 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 go with normal. I'm gonna try to say normal from here. But that no, it's fine. You say you say Gaussian. No, no, I say normal. I'm gonna say normal. Here we go. Let's let's call the whole thing off. <laughs> but let's get into it. Why? I mean, why does this get the literal name normal distribution? <laughs> I mean, what like what is what is normal about this? Uh, it, so formally speaking. I'll give you the formal stuff first. It's a continuous probability distribution. Uh, and if you write down the functional form for it, it uses something you've probably seen before, the exponential. So it's e to the negative x squared with some bells and whistles added on. e to the negative x squared. 
I have a question for you. I love to think in cumulative density function where you take all of your points and and sum up all of the all of the number that are above some value or below some value. I almost always think in cumulative density functions instead of probability density functions, aka histograms. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you ever think in do you think in cumulative density functions or are you all probability density function? No, I think more in histograms. Yeah, it's I under I understand um, cumulative density function and thinking in the terms of like oh yeah it, it's aggregative right yes is, is sort of the piece. Right? Oh well, I guess that is a natural split. Our aggregate versus disaggregate uh, tendencies here. And uh, yeah, I just <laughs> I, I always do. I always just pull everything pull everything out until you have the little component parts. Then I just want to see one slam together number slash function and so but the reason i like then the cumulative density function here uh because for the normal distribution it's an error function there my actual go. favorite uh, my actual favorite continuous density function or continuous distribution <laughs> uh yeah that's that's right eric is miming the <laughs> the error function right now uh okay well, useful things though about the normal distribution. So other definitions. Do you do you like to think in the statistical concept of moments, or is that just not no bells rung for you? No bells okay. rung. No, I don't. Th I don't think in that. So please do. Well, just very briefly, in case in case you hear this right. So moments are uh, the expected distribution to some power. So mean is the average of the district the observations to the zero power okay uh or to the first power uh zero would be very boring <laughs> to the first power is mean that's first moment second moment uh average squared is going to be average minus mean squared is the variance okay so that's pretty normal thing that we think of then the third one which is average minus mean divided by variance is skewness which we've talked we've skewness. kicked around a little bit before yep. Number four is kurtosis. Keeps going. Uh, I believe. It, yeah. I believe you run out of names after that. But if you hear, Peakiness. if you hear about skewness, kurtosis, those are mathematical moments that just have to do with the power that you raise, um, that you raise these that deviates initial. to. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The initial equation. It's the normal distribution is like a theoretical. Is theoretical. Yes. Not everything is going to match that perfectly and actually everything will have a slight skewness kurtosis mm -hmm. i see and and so you think moments is not a term that I, I i know but i do think of like yeah it's how do we describe this version of the normal curve the not so normal normal yeah curve. exactly the the abnormal normal curve the yeah the slightly wonky one i mean how do you describe the wonkiness and i'm just saying there are formal definitions for this in case someone says what is the second moment or the third moment of a Gaussian distribution? You know, oh, it's a skewness, of course, and you can just blow them away. It'll be super fun. Oh, the second moment is the variance. Skewness is variance. Third moment is skewness. First moment, moment is mean. Second. It's always that that way. Uh, no, because they have that's it's the. I mean, the mean is always the first moment of a distribution, but then it's observations minus mean squared is the second moment. In the case of the Gaussian that turns out to be the variance. Okay. In the case of the normal distribution, got it. Saved myself. I'm, okay, this is not going well. My normal versus Don't Gaussian. Don't just say Gaussian, that's <laughs> fine. I'll say normal, you'll okay, say Gaussian. Okay, well, we'll just try and remember. 
Uh, okay, why is this important? The key reason, the key reason that we're gonna hammer home that you wanna do any sort of fitting or testing against this is called the central limit theorem. And this is when you take independent random variables and sum them together, you normalize this sum, whatever, this will tend towards a normal distribution. I have some observations over here, some observations over here, I'm miming over there. You sum them together, you ask what's the mean of all of the, the balls that fell in these various buckets, it will be a normal distribution. Right. Uh, and that's- So we're to limit. talk about, ba yep. right, so we're to talk about baseball players. Yep. And the number of plate appearances that they get. Mm -hmm. We'll have, as soon as we start to map this out, the balls and the buckets, <laughs> plate appearance, count for baseball players you'll start to aggregate them up and then it'll we'll, we'll slope up those bins and we'll get we'll start to get a normal curve it'll be slightly different right yeah and so i think to me as baseball as in life you know a, there's a lot of random stuff going on at any time so things will yeah end up tending to this and i so you know because we are apparently also a partial transportation pod you know, my example would be the length of your commute in any given day. Yeah. Okay. So you get in your car on any given day, a little shorter, a little longer because of <laughs> any number. You hit any number of lights just slightly differently. You hit, you know, any stop sign. There's more cars than you expected. It's going right. to, there's going to be some variance included there. And I would argue that if you were, you know, like that archmaster who kept track of his shits, if you, you know, kept track of your commute every single For day. long enough you would eventually see that normal curve emerge. Well, yes, right, exactly. So you'd have, there's of course, then there's a skewness. Aha, uh -huh, yes, see? Third moment. That's third, third moment. moment, yeah, that's right. Yeah, because, okay, my commute takes 17 minutes every single day. That's what you say to your friends. Mm -hmm. And then what really happens is like, you have a couple of days it takes 16, and then a couple of days mm -hmm. it takes 18. And then slowly down, that slope goes out to like that one day where there's a car accident exactly 40 minutes right but it's never yep. going to take it's never never going to take what 40 minus 17 yeah 17 yeah minus it, that. it can you're never going never to gonna take minus 23 minutes you're saying yeah yeah uh, unless you just never left the night before well, I guess you just say that <laughs> so yeah i mean obviously so there are higher order moments and that's that's a great real world example of one another one for the uh the super nerdy crew I would guess that your Wordle distribution is probably converging to normal. Yes, <laughs> it's pretty close. Yeah, no, it, that's exactly the... It's been pretty fun. I, that's exactly the thought that I've It's had. been pretty fun. Yeah, I know. It's You know, Wordle is very fun because they, they, they you know, hammer you with a histogram every single day. <laughs> yeah, just in case. Oh, ah, there you it. go. Where, you can't... Why is it? Oh, I flipped the screen. Yeah, see, there you go. Yeah, you're going uh, gonna to get a histogram. Way too much on four. See, you're going to get a histogram every single day. And we can fit that. We can test. I'm going to guess that when we get a little deeper into this that it will that's going to be pretty normal but it's it's it is definitely skewed there you go let's pivot to some baseball examples here i'm so my hypothesis here is that a ton of things are random in baseball <laughs> and <laughs> when you slam all these random things together you get something that looks a little bit less random so on the super aggregate level season standings winning percentages those are going to be normal they're going to be peaked around 500 just the way it is for it all the teams. To. Run differential is going to be the same. It's going to be peaked around zero. You're gonna, but you're gonna have teams in the tails on either end. We talked about that last week. What about 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I, so, and then I switched immediately to personal statistics because, okay, teams, whatever, that's great from a, from a standpoint, but I actually really care about what is happening with the individual guys. And I thought about this for a moment and I counted, I counted, looked at counting statistics and I realized, mm. okay, these are obviously not normal. There's no way. And the reason is because you've got this big old denominator in there for plate appearances. And then I thought, okay, here's what we should do for our experiment. We should test, we should fit normal curves to all of the ratios, to as many ratios as we wanted to for baseball. Ratios that are, that are the denominator is played appearances or innings pitch. Innings pitch. Yeah, that's right. So there was immediately going to be a problem with, um, with not normalizing. <laughs> and I, fa- I found this. Right, your yeah. count of RBIs will be will not be as normal as your count of RBIs to play appearances. Yes. When you normalize it. And well, we we talk about this in, you do these like dusty examples when you're doing Stats 101 mm-hmm. with, if we were to put practicums out there for you. They're all like really, really good examples. And then as soon as you start doing your own thing, it's like, oh, well, how are we going to normalize the data? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Gosh. And, you know, rank order. Rank order normalization, maybe. I look. I mean, I looked at the. If you look at the number, the raw number of RBIs that a guy is getting, is <laughs> looks absolutely, absolutely nothing like a it's normal ridiculous. distribution. Obviously, because you've got you've got guys that have been up there for one plate appearance. You know, you've got guys that have been up there for four hundred plate appearances at this point. You're telling me that they should go on the same statistical footing? You know, obvi- obviously yeah. not. So. So then I decided, okay, well, here's the hypothesis we should actually test, which is what happens if we take the ratios? Do we start to see convergence? My argument, my or my real hypothesis is, okay, all these statistics are going to be, are all going to converge to normal distributions at some point. There's so many normal things underlying these that they must be normal mm-hmm. distributions. And instead of going straight for fitting, fitting, I'm actually going to go to test for normality which is great because we can go straight to SciPy. Do you... SciPy. I mean, you probably did this in R when you tested for normality in, in stats classes, or how did you come into testing for normality? Yeah, yeah, no, that's exactly it. R, R has, uh, roughly has the same tools. They've converged a little bit more than they, they were 12, 14 years ago. Uh, but yeah, that's exactly it. It's te- te- you know, we talked last week about linear modeling, and we sort of mentioned normal curves but really before you actually get into linear modeling you need to test for normality to say like ah well no this shit is totally fucking isn't totally fucking random there is some problem here like like you're you're noticing yeah well i think actually this is a good maybe we should have done this in the reverse order in the sense that you know before you do the linear modeling you'd like to know are my uncertainties evenly distributed around the linear model that i'm going to get and in a sense, like if we wanted to do that fit of the line of um, RBIs to plate appearances, you'd like to know if I normalize this by plate appearances, is this a normal distribution? Like, am mm-hmm. I going to be able to trust the errors or am I going to be fitting for some uncertainties on these? Right. Do, or Yeah, right. Which, I mean, I guess converts into like, is am I creating a model that only actually works for guys who get between 250 <laughs> and 560 plate appearances or am i making a model that works for everyone? that's right no it's a it's a, a good question that's a good good one to keep in mind uh so two things in scipy and they're built on stuff that we actually already talked about at the top here uh if you literally google you know testing for normality 
SciPy, you will get SciPy's <laughs> aptly named normal test. Uh, good name. I know, good name. If you look Not at this, brand. this computes the skewness and the kurtosis, and it checks those against a random distribution. So it says, okay, if you have sufficiently high skewness or sufficiently high kurtosis, you're not a normal distribution. You, you need to figure out how to normalize your data set to be able to fit back to a random, <laughs> to a normal distribution. That's right. And then create your linear models. And then there's the other big test that's the Shapiro-Wilk test, which is an extension of the KS test that you probably heard, or Anderson-Darling. And this formally computes a statistic that's based on the second moment. So based, based on the variance here. Just to check the second this. moment. Yeah, just based on the mm -hmm. second moment. Uh, and I'm going to show you just in a second that these give very similar answers when we get to what I, the hypothesis test I actually did. But I just want to warn people to be careful when you're doing these. These two tests are not fits. Again, they are null hypothesis tests. And I'm sure you had this drilled into your head in your stats classes. But you can only say for certain if a distribution does not come from a normal distribution. So everything that I tell yeah. you from here on out is not me saying this is a normal distribution, but it's me saying this is... Consistent right. Yes. 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 We have we have disproved the null hypothesis that this is not a normal distribution. So, yeah. And sa said another way, it is a test to find out if you can continue to do <laughs> testing. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Exactly. I mean, this this really is the precursor to actually fitting the Gaussian. <laughs> well, it, it's funny. I mean, in going in talking with other fields, geography. Everything has autocorrelation. Ah. Data sets are autocorrelated all the time because there is, mm -hmm. you know, in a lot of data sets, we're like, oh, what's what's the unknown vector that's in the data set that might be controlling some of this? Well, in geography, it is location. <laughs> yeah, sure. Everything is like itself if it's close to it. And the further away that you get, the more dissimilar it is. That's a gravity yeah. model. And so oftentimes we have to, we have to like figure out we have to remove some of the geographic autocorrelation to be able to do classical statistics. Okay, I like that. That's a good one to know. It's a good example. We have to normalize everything. Everything has to be normalized by something. Always have to normalize, always. So let's, all right, so let's skip to our normalized thing here, which is I just ran seven hitting, seven pitching statistics, six hitting statistics through the normality tester as a function of mm -hmm. the de number in the denominator, like where do we cut, set the threshold, just to see if I could make uh, make these distributions approach normality or be indistinguishable from a normal curve if we're gonna be actual actually proper here. Uh, yeah. I found a few things, basically, um, hey, you know what's never normal? Saves, uh, yeah, wins. Yeah, of course. <laughs> But, you yep. know, surprisingly, what's barely normal, bases. surprisingly, things, yeah, stolen bases, those are also, uh, home runs actually are buried under there, under stolen bases, so also, oh really? yeah, okay. also not normal. Also so the normal things, the semi-normal things on the hitting side, let's start there, hits, RBIs, runs, strikeouts. Huh, okay. But only, Makes sense. only guaranteed, really, once you get up to like 150 plate appearances. Okay, right. So that's how we're interpreting this. Graph. Yeah. So, so you can actually say, I mean, basically you've gotten all the information you need to out of hits, RBIs, runs by the time a guy gets to 50 plate appearances. Why are there two graphs? Hitting, uh, hitting's bottom, pitching's top. Oh, okay. Yes. Duh. Okay. Yes. So, ah, right. I mean, I'm sneakily trying to use this to set us up for our K-means, which is built on the fact that we can model players as the Gaussian distance from some point. <laughs> 
Yeah, and, and also we need to figure out where it is that we remove yes. a certain subset of players. Yes. So we're saying that like for the hitting ones, maybe somewhere between 50 and 75. We, we've we said 30 historically. Yes. Which is not too conservative low. enough. Too low. Yeah, we're, we're too uncertain there essentially. Uh, and on the on the pitching side, you're going to need even more total batters faced. So the denominator here is total batters faced instead of innings pitched. And the only thing that's rock solid after you get to 75 is hits. <laughs> so, yeah. and it, interestingly, not even walks, not even walks issued actually are safe. So you can't say that they're normally distributed. So, and this kind of makes sense, right? With pitchers, we think of everybody as like, that guy walks a lot of guys or that guy walks nobody and you yeah. know, get more hits against them. And like, oh, I'm really seeing it borne out in here. And I'm thinking that this actually might be the genesis of the uh, of like a lot of whip variations. And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna play around with this. Basically the fact that hits are normal. Hits are probably normally distributed. But walks are not. Walks are not hmm. is telling us something. Uh, Control guys. Yeah. Interestingly, earned runs and earned runs normally distributed. Home runs nearly normally distributed. But uh-huh. wins, even strikeouts, which also makes sense. Surprising because it's a volume, it's a volume counting stat. You know, you would think, oh, strikeouts per total batter's face, that's totally going to be normally distributed. But dude, but if you think about it, there's so much variation in the in a guy nowadays. It's like 170. Once you get over 170, there are guys that get don't get to 170. They get to 170 innings, but not 170 Ks. Then they're the guys that are like 170 innings and 200 games. Yeah. And, a, and so, yeah, that's not a normal It's still not a normal distribution. I just found that very interesting. And so my, my question here, not for this pod, but for some pod, is any of this actionable inf- info from a fantasy perspective? The answer is almost certainly yes. The question is just what do we, what do, we do with this super basic, super How? basic idea? I mean, it kind of it kind of hangs with everything. This is why this is 101 because this hangs with everything that you've ever thought yeah. before. Like, oh, yeah, hits rate you know batting average is a thing for a reason (laughs) uh because hits divided by plate appearances you know effectively giving us that uh rbis runs that's all good same stuff on the pitching side um but some surprises lurking in there just looking ahead a couple things i just want to tease multivariate distributions correlated uncorrelated this is going to head out to pca for the stuff that we're going to talk about next week just keep all of these things in mind. You're going to see some of these some of these Gaussians and distances rear their ugly head when we get there. And in case you're a big person in on the machine learning front, Gaussians are critical. Make sure that you're up on those because Gaussian processes are really one of the big frontiers right now in machine learning. And it's all essentially mean and variance fitting, just so you know. Mm-hmm. If you want to be really yeah. popular probably at your machine learning job, you know, talk about how you're going to add skewness and or kurtosis to your Gaussian process and people will probably be blown away. Not that they could ask you a question in the first place because who Or your it? interview or your interview for your machine learning job. Hot tip. Hot tip. You heard it here. Always a good a good tip there is just like if you're in your going into an interview and there, there might be some machine learning or statistics whatever. Try to see if they're a baseball fan, and then you can you can ground things in baseball terms. And wow, it does it. Ooh, that's a good. That tip. really hits a home run. <laughs> wow, that's you know what? That's a good tip. This might this might be our most information heavy pod ever. Uh, what are we doing next? We're gonna do PCA as teased. Awesome. So definitely get up on the, a little bit of thinking about Gaussians, and then we'll we'll be back next week with that.
BCA as in principal component analysis. Yes, sorry. I Get ready to hear about eigenvalues. Oh, yeah. I think that about brings us to the review session. Frankie Montas. Frankie Montas uh, is 29. Did not know that. Sounds right. Uh, really? I, I had him his his breakout year where he also you know broke a couple too many needles in his body. And that, I know it's it's four or five years ago now. Yeah, I mean, apparently he pitched, allegedly, he pitched for the White Sox in 2015. Okay. Did not. I did not know that. Okay, this year, though, four wins, nine losses. He's got a 3.18 ERA, 1.14 whip, 109 strikeouts in 104 innings pitched. That's on 19 games started. Uh, pitching for the Yankees, he, I mean, Yankees uniform looks like it's going to suit him well. Is this on track to be his best year, do we think? Wait, wait, wait. So you, you gave those stats, and that was for his portion of the season with the A's. He also has an additional Ooh, loss with the Yankees. I, you're t- right. Almost 20 innings. Not aggregated here. Uh, and with the Yankees, he's got a 7.32 ERA, 1.58 whip. Wow. I was going to say he was on track to have his best year ever. He's got 14 strikeouts in 19 innings. Ooh, okay. I You know, I actually, when I watched him, I thought he looked pretty good in a Yankees uniform. But apparently... He does not like that Yankees uniform. Well, a lot of the Yankees do not uh, have have not been. A lot of the Yankees have been substandard for the last month, which is good that they they well good for them. I mean, not good for me <laughs> that they built up a huge lead because they could. They've just been you know tuning right for the last month or so, and that Montas is part of that. But see, the difference is he one loss in that amount of time. If he was on the A's, that would have been four losses. Well, yeah, well, yeah, He's easily. So, I mean, is I guess my question for you is, is this year going to wind up being better than last year for him? Okay, so last year, last year is better. Following up, is next year, keeping in mind what you said last week, is next year going to be better than than this year for Frankie Montas? It's going to be better for wins. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to get to, he's more likely to get to 13 to 15 wins and repeat on that 200... No, 2021 was a good was a pretty good season for fantasy. Yeah, culture. yeah. Like let's 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 call it what it is. Uh, only 1.18 whip. I mean, like that's a pretty good season. If he can do that again, that would be great for fantasy owners. But I, I think he could get back to somewhere within one distribution. <laughs> Positive, <laughs> negative of that. He, you know, he's had a weird. I mean, he's had kind of a. I, the reason I'm surprised that he's 29 is he's had a little bit of a windy path to get here. I mean, mm-hmm. irregular playing time, even in full seasons. Not That's even not regular when it's, there's a steroid problem. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm being I'm being judicious here in this, but I mean, his I look at his percentile rankings. That's a good distribution of percentile rankings. Mm-hmm. This is a solid pitcher for when you're talking about pitcher 20. This is the di- this is what we had the the gall to point out between him and Jose Brios. <laughs> Jose Brios is a darling of the fantasy community because he high ranking prospect who just looks lithe out there. And mm-hmm. just like, he looks like he should be a baseball player pitching. Frankie Montas um, has burned enough of us in the fantasy community by his steroid <laughs> problem. And, and that usually there's a huge backlash on the steroid players because not only does mm-hmm. it mean that they, not only does it mean that they got suspended at a time that might have been critical for the owner of those players, but now he could get suspended for even longer if he does it again. And yep. usually, the people that have go afoul twice 
are ones that have gone afoul once already. Oh, right? yeah. So you have all those problems. And then Montas is like, I don't think he's 6'2". <laughs> I don't think that he's 255. I think both those go the wrong direction of what his real numbers are. Mm-hmm. He's a beefy guy. Yep. He's, he's, a, he's a thick guy who mm-hmm. like also looks like he could be in a street fight. You know, yeah, he kind of approaches the mound like he's in a street he, fight, which is good. He does, which is which is fun. Like as a as a Yankees organization, you probably like having a guy like that on your team. He's like number, <laughs> number three, number your number four pitcher. Yeah, if you call on him in a playoff series, it's because you need to have a fighter out there who's yep. going to know. Like we have to every pitch, every batter, we gotta we have to win this, and he's going to be the bulldog in there not the the greyhound like a chris sale yeah there's a lot of talk mis- mixed mess metaphors etc but oh, yeah it's, i think it's that pretty good if you're accepting of the risk of him having a PED problem of him having a just return to bad form then i think he's a great pitcher to to like target in a draft you're gonna get, ha- i mean he has a value from him he hasn't had super bad form before i mean sure those 2020 numbers aren't great but like if 2020 was a what, weird what year what are we gonna say i don't yeah, know what, if you what recall but that was a weird year yeah i mean i i think i i guess my general takeaway is that montas's stock has probably not moved this year no i don't think so and especially with this like this downturn with the yeah with the yankees after having his you know, he was on a terrible team. Yeah. So I, my, I guess my my point is that whatever value you had for him coming into this season, I'm going to guess that everyone's going to be on the same value for him again next year. I think so. So too. if you like him, great. You know, he's he has reasonably rewarded you. Obviously, you like those A's numbers a lot better than these Yankees numbers. Uh, if you don't he's like got him, got some time to normalize. If you don't like him, you're not going to get him. I mean, wait, he's going to have a playoff run to normalize. Presumably, he will appear in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. So he missed. He was he was pitcher number twenty one, one ahead of Justin Verlander, two ahead of Carlos Rodon, three ahead of Yu Darvish, four ahead of Dylan Cease. It's just funny that he's. And then there's Trevor Rogers, Alex Manoa, and Shane McClanahan. The twenties were so good. I know, but he was better than. It's sort of like an inverse. It's it's an inverse relationship from um, Sandy Alcantara at twelve all the way to. Um, Shane McClanahan at 28. <laughs> it's like you should have just flipped. I know. I know. It's, it's really funny. No, I mean, this is actually a really fun place to be reviewing guys in terms of, like, because we're at the end of the season and we're in the 20s, <laughs> right? We're towards yep. the end of the baseball yep. season. So you really get a sense of, like, those guys that were make or break in the draft, what's happening with them now and whether they helped or hurt you. Yeah, so he's probably going to be pitcher 21 off the board this year, too, I think, just to summarize what you were saying. I would like to point out that I did not know this, but the Red Sox signed him. Oh, I did not know originally. That. They traded him to. He's part of the Jake Peavy trade in 2013. Oh, that would explain why he was in the White Sox. Yeah, very funny. That's it. Was a. So you think good, he learned? You think he learned? His, you think he learned his good habits from the Red Sox? No. His good good training habits? No. Are you, are you saying the PEDs? <laughs> yeah. His uh, his oh, good God. training habits? No, I think he probably learned his good. Training habits with the the uh, Dodgers. <laughs> Always blame the Dodgers. Yeah. Well, that's when he had to. Um, wow, Dodgers, Kansas City. He's been all over. He's been part of some interesting, some interesting organizations. Nashville yeah. Sounds a lot of time there. Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, he's he fought to get up here. You can see that with his pitches. He does not have yeah. the best stuff. No, 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 he, he doesn't. But he he this is this is what we're talking about. He looks like a fighter, and you know if that's the spot you need him to fill, that's a good spot. And you could do a lot worse than having a guy on your fantasy team who is a fighter. You know, I'm wondering if we should say the percentile ranking extension as our sort of our fighter index because you know fighter. low extension is like boom, just punch it out <laughs> and like yeah. the high. I bet Chris Sale has enormous extension. You know. Oh yeah. For sure. So I, I think I'm going to rebrand extension as fighter index. <laughs> um, so you, do you have a bet box for me? Oh, we, we did it this last we, week. Right? He's comboed with Jose Barrios for better or for worse. Yeah. I think that if you're 21, pick 21 next year, and you see the options, him, and some of the players that were picked after him, probably the next seven, are all going to be drafted ahead of him. So he's yes. going to be in front of now some players that were um, just, that fell out of the top 20. He's going to be a guy that it's like the nobody gets fired for buying an IBM. It's <laughs> he is it's like you're going to pick him and you're you know you're not going to like sit there and be like this is the worst player. This is not the Chris Sale. You're not picking Chris Sale who's not going to play. But you're also you're probably not getting the Alex Manoa from the first half or the Agreed. Shane McClanahan from the first half Agreed. or the Justin Verlander you know fight against time guy. <laughs> uh, yes. I I agree with that. Very good assessment. Who are we doing next week? We're talking about Logan Webb. All right, time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild, for... Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is, worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too. Yeah!